This is a podcast from CSIS, the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a private nonpartisan think tank located in Washington, D.C. For more, including reports, commentaries, and event audio and video, visit us online at www.csis.org. Hello, and thanks for tuning into the CSIS podcast interview with Lori Garber, the Deputy Administrator for NASA. She is also speaking at CSIS this afternoon on the new path being charted for NASA. Ms. Garber, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. In February, President Obama released his FY 2011 budget request for NASA, followed by a speech on April 15th, further outlining the administration's approach to space exploration and discovery. What are the overarching goals of the president's new vision for NASA? The president's new vision for NASA is really about jumpstarting technology development and innovation, transforming uh, NASA into where we used to be, which was to develop capabilities that give future explorers a lot more capabilities than we have today. We want to do more flight testing of these technologies sooner. We want to be able to accelerate the time when we can go farther beyond low Earth orbit uh, faster. And we want to turn over low Earth orbit to uh, the commercial sector to free up so that NASA can do more deep space exploration, focusing the government on those hard things that uh, we do well and focusing the private sector on uh, the things that they do well. From a business and technology risk perspective, how is the new approach different uh, from the old approach to space exploration? You know, I argue in a lot of ways it's it's not entirely different in that we had started to develop uh, these working relationships in new ways with the private sector so that we could rely on their innovation to help carry us to and from low Earth orbit. Uh, but we do believe that this takes it one more step, whereas we were doing this with cargo before, now we want to do it with crew. Uh, in addition, we believe that this will invest in a capability that will allow greater job growth and economic development as the United States wins back some of the market share that we've lost overseas, certainly in the launch and satellite arena over the years. So the new approach is uh, really just an expansion of what we had been doing and a recognition that uh, the time has come for NASA to go uh, do the harder things, allowing the private sector uh, to take up uh, crew and cargo to and from low Earth orbit. President Obama's new space policy turns to private companies for carrying astronauts to the International Space Station. What are the challenges and risks related to this change, and what types of new opportunities will this pose? You know, the uh, challenges are certainly uh, to, to try and create an acquisition strategy or a procurement mechanism that allows NASA to continue to have insight we need to the private sector development of these systems uh, without really stifling their creativity and innovation. Uh, We believe the opportunities it creates are for these new businesses, as I mentioned, and to help us win market share back in the commercial satellite arena. But it also could open up whole new areas for uh, public involvement in going to and from space if they're successful over the longer term. Uh, NASA, one of our goals in the Space Act of 1958 is to help develop uh, technologies for the private sector. So this is the perfect uh, role for NASA at this time. In which areas of science and technology does NASA need to invest the most? Are there programs underway to address these needs? 
The technologies that NASA needs to address uh, at this time include things like getting the uh, cost to space transportation down, and so we're looking at propulsion, on-orbit propulsion technologies, inflatable technologies, things that can reduce the weight of things that we need to get in space because that is a big driver of cost. Uh, we also need a, not, a lot of technologies on human health. as we go farther into space and have to spend longer periods of time, we need to find uh, ways to mitigate the health problems that humans have for long duration spaceflight. The new vision for space exploration and discovery has a strong emphasis on international cooperation. What are the most significant opportunities for international cooperation? Well, the space station has been a really wonderful demonstration of what we've been able to do internationally uh, in human spaceflight, and the president has proposed extending the International Space Station beyond 2015, which had been the current plan, and I think a, a large reason of that is because of the uh, great cooperation we have internationally. We expect our international partners continue to play a strong role in the human spaceflight program and in our exploration program. In addition to Earth sciences, uh, space sciences, we have hundreds of cooperative agreements with our international partners and we only see that expanding. Over the last 50 years, U.S. space policy has shifted from a destination-based vision to a, capa a capability-based vision. Do you believe that a destination-based goal is important to drive space exploration? You know, I, I think we had a destination-based goal in the 60s and since then have been trying to recreate that. So I'm not sure I would agree that over the last 50 years that has shifted. I think it does need to shift to a capabilities-driven uh, goal and a why-do-we-go goal. So I think that's what this program uh, plan does. We look at why do, especially on the human side, we go to space and then trying to put it in a plan that is going to get us there. When you just set an arbitrary date and destination, certainly in Apollo where we had the goal of the race with the Russians, that made sense. Right now as we look to expand outward with our international partners, giving us a lot of uh, the benefits of economic development from investing in technology and so forth. It's less about the destination than why we go. Now destinations continue to play a role in uh, focusing missions and making sure that uh, NASA is uh, actually gaining ground. And so when we have just put forward, for instance, the asteroid mission in, by 2025, that is a very focused goal that looks at getting, at driving a number of capabilities technologically um, toward that focus in 15 years. Do you believe that there is and will continue to be sustainable political and financial support to safely orbit Mars in the next 20 years? You know, if that was our only goal, I guess I don't believe it, it would be. Uh, certainly, I believe the uh, political leadership right now in Congress and in the White House all do want to see human space exploration beyond low Earth orbit, uh, and Mars is a very, very important goal. Really, the only disagreements right now are about whose plan gets us there faster. So I guess that's a good argument to have. And the uh, so I do believe that 
sustainable political support is there for long-term human exploration. If that were just setting a Mars goal, I don't think that's it. I do think it is about, as the president has stated, as the Augustine Committee stated, this sustained presence uh, in in space uh, with Mars as a key goal. Thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to hearing your remarks this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the CSIS podcast. For more, please visit us online at www.csis.org.